to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. It's our final Astros post-game show of the season. The Astros fall to the Red Sox 4-1 to in Game 5, lose this series four games to one. It's not the way you wanted it to end, RG. And I tell you what, uh, the Astros, great season, but the Red Sox, you just got to tip your cap to those guys because they were absolutely the better team in this series all the way through. What just happened? I mean, that's what I'm wondering. It's kind of like when I came out of Last Jedi. I was like, well, what just happened here? Uh, you know, I don't – I mean, you know, the Astros started off this series getting that win at Fenway Park, and you come back, you know, to Houston 1-1. You have three games at home at Minute Maid Park. I know the Astros haven't been the greatest team at home this season, but you still expect to have one game that you win. You know, you were thinking at least two. And, yeah, like you said, you have to tip your cap to the – uh, Red Sox, they were they were magnificent. I mean, 18 hits, I believe, with two strikes on them. The two out hits that they were able to manage, their lineup up and down, just so difficult to get them out. You know, starting tonight, too, you also figured Justin Verlander's on the mound for a game five, you know, elimination game. Over his career, he's had great numbers as a game five, uh, or as in elimination games. And he's had great numbers all around in the postseason. He was the exact horse that you wanted on the mound. And he was going up, up against him. David Price, 0-9, uh, has had terrible postseasons. His real, his real only... Only his only real success in the postseason has been out of the bullpen, and he comes in and he's magnificent. He pitches six scoreless innings. He throws the Astros hitters off balance. I mean, he was he was tremendous. And Justin Verlander gives up the home run to J.D. Martinez, gives up the home run to uh, Rafael Devers, uh, the three run shot, and all of a sudden it's four to nothing, and the writing's on the wall. Uh, uh, unfortunately, the Astros season's over. Yeah, I guess you can say that maybe A.J. Hintz knocked Alex Bregman off of his game a little bit. He was 0 for 9 in the last two games. He ended up only hitting 133 for the series, even with the great on-base percentage with all the walks he was drawing early on and hit by pitches and stuff like that. George Springer, you know, he did what he's done all series. He came up with a hit in this game. And, you know, George Springer uh, showed up for sure. Jose Altuve uh, fought through it, ended up with a 250 batting average for the series, a 648 OPS, but, you know, it's not the same Jose Altuve. You know that. We saw that. Uh, Carlos Correa ends up having a good series despite the concerns uh, with him, but 0 for 4 in this last game. Hits 316 in the series. OPS near 800, though. I mean, that's all you could ask for Carlos Correa. Unfortunately, Yuli Gurriel, you know, finally gets a couple of hits in this game, but that's not when the Astros needed him. They needed him so many more times with runners in scoring position. He hits 250 for the series, but it really doesn't tell the whole story. He wasn't the same. Yuli, uh, Marwin Gonzalez had some big hits early, but was mostly quiet the rest of the way. He was one for four in this game, 200 in the series. And, you know, Tony Kemp, uh, considering it was his first postseason, I mean, 0 for three here, gets a walk, but, you know, overall, over a thousand OPS. I mean, remarkable for a guy that's really spent. Maybe if you put it jammed it all together, it's a year in Major League Baseball. But uh, what do you see it as far as RG as far as this game, or do you want to move on? You want to start talking about like moving on and where the Astros go from here. I mean, really, the 
the kick to the gut was the game four last night's game that lasted almost five hours where you had the controversial call in the first inning that went against Jose Altuve. And then you had all the Astros back and forth, a seesaw game, what a lot of people describe as an instant classic. And even Bregman's last out there that he hits the the shot and Ben Attendee makes a sliding catch. You know, you come into that with all that emotion, you end up losing, you go down three to one. And I mean, the, the the Astros were kind of in a funk to begin with. And and David Price, again, that, that to me, he was able to mix his pitches. He was able to, you know, use his change up, use, uh, you know, use mix in his fastball, uh, work both sides of the plate. He was coming inside. He was going outside. He really did a great job. And Justin Verlander started off very well. And uh, he had the one mistake after the we know that was a called third strike on J.D. Martinez. He should have been out. He gets the extra pitch, and guess what? He launches into the seats. That's just the kind of series it's been for the Red Sox. It's just every way possible. You know, you had the, the they made the mistakes with the uh, Nunez at the very first game of the series where he had the errors. But other than that, I, I just don't recall, you know, seeing him make too many errors or having things go against them, uh, against the Red Sox. And that just tells you that they had to play almost perfect, play a great baseball to beat for even though they were a 108 win team, they were an awesome lineup. Uh, they pitched well. They got better production out of their bullpen. They even got better work out of their starters here, like a David Price. And, uh, you know, they were the better team in this series, like you said. I mean, they took it to the Astros. And, you know, it's a tough, it's a bitter pill to swallow to see a season end because the Astros had 103 victories. And, and when you were coming into the series, the way that they dominated Cleveland, who has excellent starters, who has a, a good lineup as well, and, and had, had a lot of postseason success as well, too, under Terry Francona, you figured – you know, that the Astros, they matched up better with the Red Sox. We even talked about that. We it felt like that. But once you started to see them, the way that they had patient at bats, the Red Sox did, the way that throughout the series that they were just able to grind the Astros down and to get those key two out hits, to get those key two strike hits, that's what teams do. They were able to really nullify where the Astros are good. The Astros bullpen, the Astros starters, they're able to get uh, teams to swing at the the high fastball, the forcing fastballs. They're able to to get them to nibble on the breaking pitches. Uh, you know, they. Uh, but somebody like a Ryan Presley, you you saw him just kind of uncharacteristically do things that he hadn't done, you know, since he's been with the Astros. And then you had Lance McCullers coming in, and the, I mean, the Red Sox history, hitters were just very patient. Talking about Game Four, and then uh, you know, it just—it's they eventually kind of wore down the Astros. Even Jason, I mean, even Justin Verlander, as great as he—he he was, you see Mitch Moreland get the base hit, and, and then you see like an Ian Kinsler get a hit, and then you know that Rafael Devers is up there, and he had good at bats against Verlander, and he hits the three-run home run. So I mean, they just—they really worked it very well. You have to tip your cap to them. They won this series, and that just happens sometime in baseball. I want to look at some wide-angle stuff. And, you know, the Astros' season, never settle was the theme. But, you know, I got to be honest with you. And, RG, we talked about it a couple months ago when the Astros made the trade, and I'm not going to revisit this too much. But you know who I'm talking about. And and I wish they would have settled instead of never settling for – a different guy. My heart wasn't in it as much. I'm, I'm starting to hear, and this is a little bit of a concern, just more and more chatter about the Astros not playing by the rules. Uh, Buster only talked about it in his podcast. He's hearing a lot of stuff from a lot of different GMs around the league saying, hey, the Astros, they don't like to play by the rules. 
yes, they were exonerated in the uh, supposed incident uh, that happened during the Indian series where there was a Astros employee that was found where he wasn't supposed to be. And Jeff was kind of poo-pooed it. And, you know, he sort of is claiming a lot of jealousy from everybody else. But, you know, we're, we're in this era where I think we understand if there's one guy that's saying, hey, you know, it's we're not doing anything, but everybody else is saying you are doing something, then the odds are it's a pretty good chance that you are doing something. And, and that's a little bit of concern because, you know, I don't want to be the New England Patriots. I don't want to be the team that's known at winning at all costs. I mean, that's never what Houston look, sports I mean, has been. Look, I mean, as far as the one thing that you're talking about, the Major League Baseball, they said they did thorough investigation. The case is closed. So, yes, the, for that thing. Then you have other matters. Look, there is going to be some jealousy there. Yeah, every team does this. Look at the Red Sox last year. They, Dave Dombrowski, they were actually fine. They were using Apple Watches, you know, to to steal sight. All teams are stealing yeah, sight. I, 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 I get you can tell me other teams cheat. That doesn't make it OK by me. You know, that's well, not the way I, you I, know, live I mean, my on life. a wrap up show here today, if that's not what you want. Look, you know, I, I, I understand where you're coming from. Nobody wants to, you know, root for a team if it's proven. But I, you know, I. This is kind of just more in, innuendo. There are allegations out there. You know, until I see more concrete evidence and, you know, look, the Astros were actually cheated upon with that, uh, Chris Correa, that St. Louis executive who actually stole the information and was uh, the FBI investigated and he went to jail for it. So there there have been some circumstances where they've been cheated upon. So maybe there's a little bit of paranoia there. And I mean, look, all of baseball is looking for advantages. Just like I told you last year, you had it with the Red Sox. They were doing it using technology. And that's something that baseball really needs to clamp down on because they allow stealing of signs as long as you don't use technology. Well, maybe, you know, they need to do something about the technology, about the iPads, about the phones that are omnipresent at the games. But I mean, it's just too, you know, I, I, I really feel like on a post-game show here right now, I don't think fans really want well, to go this over is, like, this is beyond a post-game show. Look, we, there's nothing a whole lot to talk about this game. We've gone through it. You went through the game. It's time to talk about the season in general and where the Astros are at this point. And I do think it, and I do think it's relevant. And I don't appreciate you telling me what to think and what to feel because this is how I feel about what's going on with the Astros right now. And Buster only is not somebody, you know, he's not some biased person. He's not some member of the Boston media. This is somebody that's well-respected around Major League Baseball. He talks to a lot of people about, around Major League Baseball. And this is what he has to say. I'm sorry if, if, if we don't, if we want to put, bury our head in the sand and ignore this, but you know, I'm, that's not what it's about for me. It's not about winning at all costs. And Jeff proved with the trade that he made this year at the trade deadline, that it, it is sometimes about winning at all costs well, for no, him. Because, I mean, look, again, I think you've just focused too much on the Astros. You're a little bit myopic here because it's like you have you have organizations, as we mentioned before, Araldus Chapman, he was acquired by the Cubs, he was acquired by the Yankees. That That's fine. I don't want to root for that guy either. Well, I'm saying the Red Sox here, they had an incident in the past. They, there have been other clubs that have been accused of things. Good, good. I don't want that to be the Astros. The Houston Astros in their history, it's almost always been, you know, exclude like a Cesar Cedeno, but root for the, yeah, root for the good guys. Look, do you like what Jim Crane has done as owner 
of the Astros. I don't like what Jeff Luno believes in a little, you know, some of the stuff that I'm seeing. I just don't like, I, there's a lot of stuff that's happening. Well, again, I need to see more. If you start showing me that the Astros are, and they get fined by Major League Baseball, that they get suspended and or the organization has, has fines or, or they take away draft picks because they do things. I mean, that's to me where you start to say this organization. But when it's just like, well, we did a thorough investigation and the case is closed, I need to see more. I mean, you just can't, for me at least, I'm not going to, you know, paint a a, a black mark on the organization. Now, we discussed the Osuna thing. I didn't like it either, you know, acquiring somebody like that. But again, that, you know, Jeff Luno explained it. The Astro organization explained it. The fans you know, some are never going to be happy about that move. But, you know, at the same time, he was allowed to play by Major League Baseball. He's allowed to play. He's available to everybody. And so some team was going to take him. And teams continually throughout, again, mentioned the Raldis Chapman. You see Puig with the Dodgers has had domestic uh, incidents in the past. There are all sorts of players all over baseball. The Astros aren't the only organization. You just keep saying that they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones that cheating. They're not the only ones that take it, put up, a, you know, play domestic abusers. And, and they, somebody else is going to... I don't care. This is not the way I want to win as an organization. Okay, great. And they are representing my city, Houston, Texas. And that's okay. that's what it's all about. I'm just telling you what I want. You can disagree with the way I believe, but that's the way I believe. Well, look, I, I want to say, I mean, I would like to root for it, but I mean, I know, look, you know, they're, they're always going to be players. I mean, they're going to have like checkered pass or something's going to happen or have used banned substances that are going to be on the roster or somebody that's not, you know, it's not a 25 good guys, you know, usually on a roster. I mean, that's just the, the reality of things. So, um, you know, I mean, but I understand your point there. I, I think it's more about the overall organization. If they if they kind of are doing like what the Patriots have had a reputation, they've been fined by the NFL. They had the deflate gate. They had the cameras at practices where they were doing things. So that's more documented with the Astros. I, I just don't, you know, at, at, to this point, you know, I because they haven't been been fined that I know of. They haven't had the this you know any sanctions put on and that's why I just am I'm, I'm reluctant to say that and I I'd really rather move on to talk about like the team and where we where the Astros go from here because I mean I understand your point you're not as happy with the Astros and, and the organization I just you know I have a difference of opinion right there with you on on uh, as at least where it is right now if you show me more evidence and the Astros are a cheating organization and they get fined and you know they lose draft picks and they do all this because they're doing all this nefarious activity well then yeah I'd, I'd be more likely to say well I, you know I have a different opinion about the Astros but right now I'm my heart's bleeding because the Astros lost I'm a huge Astros fan but I'm you know also covering sports and, and doing this that's you know we have to analyze the game and go over what happened and, and look at what happens during the offseason I, I just think this is all relevant to to the stuff that's on my mind right now. I'm sorry, if you want to talk about the game some more and how Justin Verlander, you know, didn't look like Justin Verlander, go ahead, do it. But I'm just telling you how I feel about the team right now. The season's over with. Right, and I think most people, when the season's over with, you kind of revel in the things that they did well this past season. To me, I like to dwell on the positive. This team, again, the the starting staff was a historic staff. They only gave up 534 runs. They led baseball, had the top run differential. They were still a great team. I mean, they lost to a 108-win Boston team, an even better team. Like I said, you tip the cap to them. But, you know, the Astros with their, uh, you know, get, gave a, a lot of exciting moments this season. It's just unfortunate they came up short. And I think I think it's more about looking where do the Astros go from here because 
you know, they're going to have some big free agents coming out. They have uh, Dallas Keuchel, of course, is a free agent. Charlie Morton's a free agent. He said uh, possibly he hasn't even thought about retiring. Uh, you have uh, Marwin Gonzalez, who was clutch in the postseason, and we didn't even mention it. He had a home run in Game 5 here. Uh, he put the only ru- run on the board for the Astros. But again, another sensational postseason for Marwin Gonzalez. He does so many different things for the ball club. And, and, and I'll start with Marwin because I, he's the guy that – I think he's the most valuable guy that you're going to want to keep. Now, if Charlie Morton retires, uh, that's going to be a tough loss because he would be my number two guy. But I think Marwin is the number one because what Marwin does is it's there's so few guys in the in Major League Baseball that can do what he does, play so many different positions. He's he's a guy that you can plug in for six positions, every infield position, two outfield positions. I mean, to me. I figure out a way to try to keep him. Dallas Keuchel, to me, you know, he's can be. It's going to be tough, but you can replace him. And I think the Astros might have a pitcher or two in their organization right now that can replace Dallas Keuchel. And then beyond that, I mean, we haven't talked about him at all, RG. But you know, Tony Sip, that's going to be an interesting decision for the Astros because he's a free agent at the end of the season as well. And uh, you know, I, I think those are the main guys. Those are the guys that you got to talk about. Evan Gaddis as well. But I think Tyler White is already set and ready to replace him as sort of the DH role, right-handed power hitter, that that kind of thing. Well, I'm, I'm not sure that Tyler White's going to automatically be there and be the DH in that role. I mean, I, I still think – I mean, you saw it this postseason. I mean, he had – yeah, and he had a good second half of the season. I just don't know if you automatically hand him the job when they're, uh, you know, especially when he again struggled in the postseason. And he, you know, he's a good, good. He's he was a good hitter, had a good season, but, you know, giving somebody the DH job and saying, hey, it's all yours in today's baseball. I think the Astros are going to look for ways to improve their roster, adding another outfielder who could potentially be DH or you know, infielder, outfielder guys that can. That's usually these days what a lot of teams, unless you have somebody who's exclusively like a really good uh, designated hitter, like a JD Martinez uh, that the Red Sox have. So uh, to me, it's like getting back to what you said earlier, signing Marwin Gonzalez, and that's going to be tough because if you look like somebody when the Cubs won. Uh, their championship, they had signed Ben Zobris. Remember, he was a free agent. He came over to the Cubs and he signed, a, what, a four or five year deal and, you know, is getting a lot of money for that. So, I mean, the Astros have some big decisions ahead. They've already signed Jose Altuve. Do they want to uh, sign Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander after this upcoming season? Uh, then they have to look at George Springer and they have to look at Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman. And all of a sudden, I mean, you're talking about, you know, $150, 200000000 million payroll and they're not going to go over the luxury tax for several years. So it would have to be something that where Marwin fits in fits in there. And maybe he wants to come back. I'd love to have Marwin Gonzalez back. But again, it's going to be a financial decision. But if somebody out there is, you know, going to offer him, you know, uh, 60 million over four years, let's say, or 75 million. I mean, the Astros might say, you know. Yeah, I mean, if he gets offered something huge and you can't, but if you're asking me who I think is the most important and the most valuable guy to keep, I think it's him. Um, I get that you're doing recency bias on Tyler White, but overall his postseason numbers, he had a 752 OPS, which isn't terrible. He had 231. He, yes, he wasn't good in the Red Sox series, 
but come on, we're not, you don't judge a guy because of one postseason series. Well, you also don't judge a guy for half a good season either, which is what he had. And I think that he'll be a contributor on next year's team. And I think there'll be, but I, I'm just saying, I don't automatically say, oh, he's a DH and problem solved right there. I want to, I mean, to me, it's looking around at, at different options. Well, do you see Jeff Luno going out and paying big money for a DH? No, I'm saying there's also trades available to make because the Astros have still guys that they can trade. And, and, and another thing too, when you're mentioning Tony Sip, yes, he might be resigned, but uh, to me, a big problem with the Astros, and we saw it again this past postseason, it's like they only have one left-hander in the bullpen, and, and a lot of times that means that if you want to do where you you bring in a, a you know for a left-handed bat, you bring in your left-hand reliever, well then all of a sudden you don't have a left-hander for the rest of the game. You know, a lot of teams have a couple of at least left-handers in the bullpen so that you know they can use one earlier, use one later. I'm talking about in postseason situation, even in regular season situations now. To me, that's a, a thing that's been sorely lacking over the last few years. They had to go out and get Francisco Luriano on the championship club, and then Tony Sip didn't make the roster last year. So uh, maybe he gets re-signed, but I still think that you know adding another left-hander to that mix is important. I mean, I, I know some of these guys pitch better against left-handers like a Ryan Presley. And so they, you know, the Astros can justify it that way too. It's like, well, they pitch well against, but it still is nice to have a couple of left-handers that give different looks, uh, the way the ball comes out of their arm, delivery to the plate. So you like to have, a, 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 to me, I'd like to have a couple of southpaws in the roster. And we saw Framber Valdez this season as a starter. We saw Josh James as a starter. Don't forget there's Forrest Whitley coming up for the Astros too. Uh, and he already in the Arizona Fall League is pitched incredibly. And, uh, he, you know, he pitched really well this past season. There's a lot of promise. So I'm expecting him to actually be on the roster next year. And we, we've completely forgotten about like Kyle Tucker. To me, that's a big, big uh, guy that's going to have to come in next spring training and win a job. Yeah, let me just say about Tucker. I mean, I, I just, from what I have saw from him, I just don't tend to have a whole lot of confidence that he's going to be ready to go next year. And, and I really am starting to question from what I saw from him and more than anything from what I've heard, you know, there's just a lot of whispers that, you know, he just doesn't put in the work, you know, from the mental aspect of things and doing some of the stuff off the field and thinks that he could just come in here and, and, and hit and do those sorts of things. So I have definitely uh, definite concerns about him. I mean, I took a lot of garbage on Twitter when I said, Hey, he shouldn't have been untouchable uh, at the trade deadline. People, kind of came at me and was, you know, were like, Oh man, Kyle Tucker, he's the second coming. How can you say that? Blah, blah, blah. But like, no, I mean, it, it, all, all these guys until they prove it at the major league level, they're called prospects for a reason. And uh, you know, just one last thing on Tyler white that to keep in mind, if Marwin Gonzalez does go, I think Tyler white does provide value in that, you know, unlike a Evan Gaddis who, they basically came to the decision this year that they just weren't comfortable with him playing defense anywhere. Tyler White can play defense at first base. He, they, they do play him at first base, and that's valuable next year if you don't have Marwin Gonzalez because, you know, you, you can't put like a Tony Kemp at first base or something like you could Marwin Gonzalez, but you can't put Tyler White, and it also allows you, if you can do that, you can also move Yuli Gurriel over to third base. You can move Bregman to shortstop in that situation. So you can move some guys around. It, it does give you some versatility because of the versatility that you do have. No, with you're Bregman right about that. I never said get rid of Tyler White. I just am saying like full-time DH. I'm just not sure that that's going to be it, but he's going to be on the roster next year. I think he, uh, you know, adds, uh, adds value to the club. I, I just think that the Astros need to go out and look at 
like you said with Kyle Tucker, I think he's going to have an opportunity to start off the season in the club. But, you know, to me, there's somebody that, you know, could maybe compliment a Josh Reddick that you if he's, uh, you know, in the outfield still with a George Springer, that you could have the those two, uh, you know, alternate because Josh Reddick really against uh, left handed pitching. Um, you know, the Astros kind of benched him a lot anyway. And, 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 and by the way, every, you said lefties. And just to go back to your comment there, you know, every club can say we need more lefties. I think sometimes it's easier said than done. The one position that you and I haven't talked about much. And to me, if there's a way to upgrade the roster more than any other place for the Astros next year, it's catcher. I mean, they desperately need somebody that can hit above 220 at cash catcher that they trust and Max Stassi maybe can hit above 220 but they just don't seem to trust him so to me if there's a way to upgrade with some of your prospects and some of the guys that you can package together maybe you get one of the guys that's a free agent that's going to be out there I mean I, I there's a couple of interesting names uh catching wise that are free agents but that to me that's the well place. the Astros were I mean the real prize would be if the Marlins decide to sell off like a JT Real Muto that the Astros were rumored with last year and several other clubs I mean he's uh, he's an excellent he's both a, a really good hitter and a, a you know a good defensive presence as well too if you could pick up somebody like that but yeah I mean the Astros are gonna be looking to upgrade the position I think uh, McCann I'm not sure does he become a free agent this offseason did his contract best no no I don't think so I think he's I think he's still on the roster isn't he was so I mean he would still be as a savvy veteran backup you know kind of like uh, they're gonna have to decide do that would they want to sign Martin Maldonado again he is a free agent but he doesn't give you much pop and he you know, he's had his struggles defensively in the postseason, but he is a top defensive catcher. So, you know, there there are a lot of things that they could possibly do there. You know, there to, to, to me, though, that I mean, the lineup has been inconsistent this year. So you need to look for ways. And I do like Tony Kemp. I like Tony Kemp in the lineup because he does, like you said, he he gives you a different dimension. He can get on base. He can uh, slap the ball around uh, offer speed but he also has some pop as we saw with the the home run and in, in in the alcs uh I, I just like him and his versatility so uh you know i still think he, he he's an important part of the roster next year but look i mean we know that the astros they're going to keep bregman they're going to keep correa they're going to keep jose altuve and they're going to keep you know, uh, George Springer. So those four guys, and they're all four right-handed bats. And then you have Yuli Gurriel, who's still under contract. I, I don't see him uh, going anywhere or being shipped off anywhere. Cause like you said, he mean throughout the regular season and he had his struggles in the ALCS, but you know, he was an over 400 hitter with runners in scoring position. And then you have, so, I mean, your infield is almost kind of set there between third base, shortstop, second base, first base. Well, they had a 103 win ball club last year. Let's not act like we need to go make a thousand different changes. No, you know, it's, but, but I, I think the lineup was a little bit, it was inconsistent. It was a little bit streaky at times. And part of that was because guys had off years. Look, Jose Altuve didn't have the MVP. And they were hurt. Guys got hurt and they had, it took some time to get back. And, you know, more than anything, you need. Carlos Correa and Jose Altuve to come back next year and be a hundred percent, be ready to go for a full season and get, you know, a little bit of fortune with some of these guys just not getting hurt. I mean, maybe you need to go watch a Hallmark movie or something. You, you need to go feel good because you're a little bit ornery here. That's <laughs> podcast tonight you know i'm just saying that there's you know there's some things that you know kind of have been a little bit frustrating when you lose it to the series four to one i mean you're not frustrated at all 
Well, of course, I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm more disappointed. But when you look at the things there, I mean, I really feel like the Red Sox took it to the Astros and stepped on their throat. They basically gave them the knockout punch. It was like being in a boxing ring where you just got knocked out mid round. You know, I mean, it's just they were better. And because a lot of times, I mean, if you're making a lot of miscues, if you're not doing the right things, but the Astros were, you know, they I mean, Garrett Cole, when he was pitching, he just made like a couple of mistakes or they didn't bite on his uh you know, his breaking pitches and, you know, he put runners on and then boom, they'd capitalize with a home run or a bases clearing double. And, you know, th- same thing with Justin Verlander. Justin Verlander had good stuff tonight. And, you know, he made that one mistake to J.D. Martinez. And then, you know, he's going the fifth or sixth inning and, you know, makes another mistake, you know, finally gets hit then. But, you know, it seemed like vintage Justin Verlander through the first few innings. But you just can't make any mistake. You open the door for these Red Sox. They came barging in. They were like the zombie nightmare. You know, you open you open up a crack there and then they all come in and devour yeah, you. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the Red Sox anymore. That's We've done it. I don't care at this point. It's over <laughs> with. Well, hey, what do you think about now? Because all you'll be seeing is hearing Bill Simmons' podcast about the Boston Red Sox, and aren't you looking forward to that? And the Boston Celtics and the New England Patriots. You, you, could a could a city have more luck right now? Congratulations, Boston. Whatever, who cares? Uh, Yasmani Grandal, Wilson Ramos. Any of those two guys interest you at all? Well, Yasmani Grandal's had the same kind of problems that Martin Maldonado. You haven't been watching the postseason here with the Dodgers. He's had a bunch of pass balls and everything. Can he hit? I mean, of course, he can hit. I'm just saying that you you want to have somebody who's like a, a strong defensive. I mean, it's still going to get back to pitching with the Astros. Uh, it's still going to, uh, you know, be a, a, a you know, they're, they're a team that's going to bring back Garrett Cole and, and, and Justin Verlander next season in the final years of their contract. Uh, you know, like we mentioned, does Charlie Morton come back? They still have Lance McCullers. Do they want him in the bullpen? Do they want him as a starter? What would you do with Lance McCullers? What would be the way that you use him next season? Bullpen. I mean, I don't even think there's a question there. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if like, you know, if there's that kind of in between what Brad Peacock kind of did, if maybe you kind of evolve it into something to where he makes the occasional start, comes out of the bullpen. You keep his innings to between 100, you know, 100, 100 and 25. By the way, you think I'm pissy during this podcast? Tell Lance McCullers he's going to the bullpen. He's not going to like it, but that's too bad, dude. Get another pitch besides the curveball. That's my my answer to you, Lance McCullers, and figure out a way to stay healthy for a whole season. That's the other thing. Stay healthy. He throws the ball 98 miles per hour when he uses his fastball, and he can use that. He's got uh, you know maybe the best curveball in baseball, so that's why he uses it a lot. Uh, I, you know, Look, when he pitches, he's been, you know, the, he's just injury riddled. And that's something that, yeah, I think that you're right. The Astros have to evaluate that. But it, it, it gets back if they if if Kyle ends up walking, if, excuse me, if if um, Dallas Keuchel ends up walking in free agency and Charlie Morton doesn't come back, whether he signs with another club or, or retires, and then you've, you've only really got two rotation pieces, maybe a third if you put Lance McCullers back there. I mean, that's... You know, all of a sudden you're trying to fill out three and you can say, well, Josh James can be it or Framber Valdez or whatever. But I don't I'm not sure the Astros want to go into when they just had the top five starters in all of baseball and a historic pitching staff with putting, you know, guys who are, you know, you just they had a few starts this year and they did have some postseason success like a Josh James. But I don't know if you pencil them in as like, oh, my gosh, they're already starters for next season coming out of spring training. You know, so I think the Astros are still going to be looking for if they lose both Morton and, uh, you know, Dallas Keuchel. And especially if they decide to put, you know, 
even if they don't, that'll be two two slots in the rotation. They still might go out and acquire a free agent pitcher to throw into the mix, or uh, you know, go out and acquire somebody via trade. I'm going to throw a couple other names just for the hell of it. I don't want to do this too often, but last couple of names I want to throw your direction because. The Astros, we could talk about, you know, we went through the position players and yeah, the hitting could always be better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, We know about the starting pitching for the most part, but the bullpen, that stuff for two straight years in the postseason has been a real detriment to the Astros. And how do you improve it? And and, and there are a couple guys out there, guys like Juris Familia and Zach Britton, is it, do those new names do anything for you? You're talking about lefties, Zach Britton. Yeah, I mean, I'd go get Zach Britton. I'd be exactly the type of guy. I mean, like if he's healthy and you know he pitched with the Yankees this past season after he was traded from Baltimore, uh, one of the best closers. But I think that you know, or Joris Familia is another one too. But to me, uh, I, I would prefer to have the left-hander for reasons I explained earlier because it would be nice to have somebody like a Tony Sip, and then you have somebody like a Zach Britton. I mean, you're still going to have Osina on the roster. If you do put Lance McCullers in the bullpen or you have a Ryan Presley back there, they could be the right-handers to close out games. A.J. Hinch would have multiple options. But, you know, I yeah, I mean, in today's baseball, the bullpens are key. Uh, so to, to add somebody like Zach Britton would, would be, you know, to me, a, a huge move. Craig Kimbrell also available if you want. <laughs> hey, how about here's a former Astros available, Mark Melanson. Uh, that's a guy. Remember him with the Astros? That three seconds that he was here. <laughs> yeah, those are just some of the better names, I guess. Well, Craig Kimbrell still. I mean, like I know he's had all these problems this postseason, but he closed out the game tonight without giving up a run, and and he's been one of the best. Cl- I mean, he's arguably one of the top, you know, five closers in the game. Uh, a lot of people would put him in the top two or three. So you know, I mean, he's nothing, nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, he's just had a tough postseason so far. But if the, the Red Sox end up winning a championship and he closes out games in the World Series, then, you know, I, I'm assuming he'll go back to the Red Sox. Any last words? I mean, we, we have all offseason to talk about free agents and where the Astros can improve anything else on the season itself. Just going back and looking at the hardware one more time and looking at the 2017 season. And, uh, you, you know, I mean, I, we lived off the euphoria of that for a whole offseason, this whole past season in the Astros ring days and the World Series championship in 2017. So for people who are uh, disappointed tonight, hey, the Astros still have a champion. They were champions last year. They're still at least champions for another week until somebody else uh, takes wrestles that from them, you know, either the Dodgers or the Brewers in the National League or the Boston Red Sox having beaten the Astros. But, you know, overall, it was a really good season. I mean, the Astros won 103 games. They won the AL West. You have to still feel positive about them because there's, this is a young team with a young core still. They're in their prime. You feel like come back and do this again next year. Uh, and again, you have to trust in the organization, the front office. A.J. Hinch is still, I think, an excellent manager. So, you know, uh, overall, I'm still rosy. I'm still optimistic on the Astros. And I, I know we're all dejected tonight about what happened in the ALCS, but, you know, overall, these past two years have been the greatest baseball I've ever witnessed in Houston. I wouldn't take, trade this magical ride journey for anything, and I'm, I'm ready for more. I already can't wait for spring training and seeing the Astros go back at it for a, a title again next year. The memories I'll take from this year, most of them are Alex Bregman. I mean, Alex Bregman, not only just a great year, but, you know, he gave us the stare. I mean, that kept 
it fun the entire season watching the broadcast. Alex Bregman with two of the craziest things I've ever seen, a walk-off infield pop and then a walk-off four-foot dribbler that turns into a crazy throw past first base and the game-winning run scores. And Bregman, just the personality that he brings on an everyday basis. And, you know, he's a guy that I could see if you were with another team, maybe you love to hate Alex Bregman, but if he's with your team, you can't help but love Alex Bregman. I mean, he is what made this year so much fun. Also, Tony Kemp, hugs for homers. I mean, if there was a revelation this year besides maybe a Tyler Wyatt and a Josh James and a Framber Valdez, it's Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp turned himself into a guy that instead of going up and back and up and back from minors to majors, he turned himself into a major league ball player. He is beloved in that clubhouse. Everybody that you talk to that I hear from that covers the team every day will tell you that Tony Kemp is beloved amongst all these guys. And, you know, he's that little guy. Again, the little guy with the Astros, it's why you love him. It's little Jose Altuve. It's little Alex Bregman. It's these guys that as big and athletic as a lot of the Astros are, like Springer and Correa and Guriel and uh, Verlander, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's the little guys that make it fun. It's the guys that nobody believed in, and they wear that chip on their shoulder proudly. And if that's what uh, you want to leave the Astros year with, I think it's it's those two guys. It's Kemp and Bregman. They made it fun. They played incredibly well. Uh, they gave you everything that they had. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where you were with the 2018 Astros. That's all we got for the post-game show. Uh, but stay tuned. We're going to keep bringing stuff throughout the offseason, maybe some special guests as well talking about the Astros. And we'll go on to some other topics. Remember, you know, the Texans, they've won three in a row. So if you're worried about the Astros season being over, Bill O'Brien says, hey, I got this one. I got it. No problem. Anyway, uh, thanks a lot for joining us. Thanks again for listening. And if you're new to the show, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, Stitcher, or the TuneIn app. You can keep up with this show and my daily Locked On Texans podcast on Twitter and Facebook or by going to HoustonSportsTalk.net or LockedOnTexans.com. Oh!